Happy Mother's Day. I hope everyone is enjoying celebrating this wonderful day with your amazing mothers. I also trust all the mothers have enjoyed receiving the Mother's Day gift mailed to you from the church. Next Sunday, we start Drive-In Church. Please see our website, ecwesleyan.net, for details. Everyone will also be receiving an email this week explaining what we are doing for the last three Sundays in May. Please watch for it. Now, here's Pastor Josh with this week's message. Hello, everyone. Hope you are all doing well wherever you're at here today. Church leadership has continued to pray for each and every one of you, and we're looking forward to next week when we will begin our parking lot service here at the church. Just a reminder that if you're unable to make it because of health conditions or safety concerns, we will still be uploading the sermons to our website where you can listen, and if you're unable to download the sermons online, feel free to contact our office and we'll make sure that we can get a CD of the message to you. Well, today's passage comes from 1 Kings 17, verses 18 through 16. That's 1 Kings 17, verses 8 through 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please, get me a little water in a jar that I may have a drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go, do as you have said, but bring me a little bread cake from it first, and bring it out to me, and afterward you may make one for yourself and for your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and she, and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken through Elijah. Well, it was a year ago this week that my wife Emily and I first visited here in Eau Claire, and we were coming out to see if this would be the place that God was calling us to minister in. And we left our three kids with family. My daughter stayed with Emily's sister, and my son Jude stayed with my parents, and we were gone for the weekend. And when we came back from the trip, we picked Jude up first. And I remember when I, I saw him, I, I you know went to him and, and picked him up and hugged him tight and, and told him that we missed him. And I said, hey, buddy, who did you miss more, me or mama? Jude squeezed, squeezed me really tight, and then he whispered in my ear, Mama. <laughs> there is something special about a child's relationship with his or her mother. Mothers in the Bible are oftentimes portrayed as having a special relationship with their children. They raise the child, they help guide the child, and most importantly, they provide for the child. 
In the case of this story here today, we see a mother who is trying desperately to provide for her son, but the land that she's in is in a drought. In this story, God sends her a prophet, Elijah, who challenges her faith in God, and her response opens the doors of provision on her and her son's life, as well as the prophet's. So how the story goes is that Elijah is a prophet of God that has been raised up by God to challenge the rulers of Israel, Ahab, and his queen Jezebel. They have brought pagan worship into the land of Israel, worshiping the god Baal. To prove his power over the land, God has sent a drought over the nation. And while doing this, has been providing food for Elijah along the way. First, he sends him east of Israel to the brook Cherith, and then God sends him to this city, Zarephath, and says that I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So when Elijah arrives at Zarephath, he stands outside the city gate and he sees a woman picking up sticks for her and her son. And he says to the mother, please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. And so uh, customarily, she agrees and goes and gets him a drink of water. But then Elijah asks for some bread. And she turns to him and admits that she has no bread to give. She admits to him that she is picking up sticks to fuel the fire, and she plans to cook the last of her flour and oil for her son and herself. And when they eat it, they will have no food left, and they will die. And Elijah does something you could say rather risky. He asks for more than just a piece of bread. Remember, he was sent by God to this mother to be provided for. And he has just asked for provision, and she admits that she can barely provide for herself and her son. But his request for something more is coming as an act of faith. He says to her, go, bake me a loaf of bread first, then bake one for you and your son, and after that you will have enough flour and oil until God sends rain again. And he even puts this provision on God. He says that God is telling her the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor the jar of oil be empty. He promises her that God will provide for him and her and her son. All she has to do is trust God and give to God's prophet first. So she does this. When she returns with the bread for him, she has enough for her and her son. And we find that the oil and flour does not run out, but is miraculously full until the day that God sends rain over the land. So it was this mother's faith in God that, that provided for her and this prophet and her son. Now, Elijah's request may be perceived as somewhat selfish. That he is asking her to remove her provision from her son and give it to him thus fulfilling God's provision. But that's not what's happening in this passage. Unfortunately, people can sometimes see God's request in this light. People might say, well, how can God ask me to give offerings to him when he knows how little I have? You see, we have a tendency to take an inventory of the things that we have and then portion out what we can share after we have allotted for ourselves what we think we need. The widow had an opportunity to do just that. 
She had an opportunity to keep for herself and not share with God. She could afford a glass of water for her visitor, but she was honest in saying that she could not even afford a piece of bread to give him, admitting that she had just enough flour to bake for herself and her son, and even then they would die. So when Elijah says, do not fear, bake me bread first, she could have said no. You know, in effect, she would have been saying no to God, but she could have viewed Elijah's request as selfish and moved away from him. But there was a little faith that she had in heeding his request, knowing that this request was coming from somebody far greater than him. This request was coming from God. And if God can cause the rains to stop, surely he can cause the rains to start. And if he can do that, surely he can provide for this mother and her son. So Elijah's request is actually coming as an opportunity to perform an act of faith. If she were to honor God first, God would open up the gates of blessing over her household. And this is the promise that Elijah gives her. He says that God sent me to you so that you could so that you could provide for me. So here are the three promises that Elijah gives the widow that if she were to provide for him, God is waiting to provide for her. So these are the three promises that that Elijah says God is giving this mother in this time of need. The first promise is that there will be enough flour and oil to provide bread to me you and your son. This is what Elijah is saying. So the first promise is that at the very least, they can afford to give Elijah a glass of water and a loaf of bread. Remember, at first he only asks for a piece of bread. Now he's asking for a loaf of bread. And his promise is, you planned on making one loaf of bread for you and your son, but I promise you, if you walk through this act of faith and you bake me a loaf of bread first to sustain me, you will have enough for you and your son. So that's the first promise. The first promise is, is there is enough for the three of us in this moment to eat. But then there's a second promise that he makes. And the second promise is that not only will, will there be enough flour and oil for us to eat in this moment, all three of us, there will be an unending amount of flour and oil. Neither will run dry. So the problem the widow finds herself in is that she doesn't have enough flour or oil. And Elijah, Elijah doesn't just promise that there will be enough for the moment, but he promises that there will be enough for the foreseeable future. The jar is not going to run dry. The flour is not going to run out. There will be enough for today and every day after. So do you see how the promises are, are sort of moving greater and greater, bigger and bigger? The first promise is just simply, uh, we'll have enough. You, you, God has told me you have enough flour to bake us both bread. But now the promise is, God says that there is enough flour and oil that it won't run out, that you will have enough for the foreseeable future. And then... And then Elijah gives a third promise from God that is much greater than the moment, that is much greater than the three of them. And he says, God will be sending rain. You will have enough flour and oil until the day that God sends rain. That third promise 
the drought is not going to last forever. Now you might be thinking, well, isn't the flour and oil a better deal than the rain? I mean, if, if we just had an unending amount of flour and oil, we wouldn't have to worry about the rain not coming. Then we don't have to worry about the crops. But stop and consider what's going on in this passage. There's a drought in the land. And this has caused all sorts of decimation. And I want to point out, too, the drought that God sends is meant for Israel, but because of their sin, it's affecting all of the nations around them, including the one that Elijah is in in this passage. The, the drought is affecting a whole region of people. The promise doesn't just affect this mother and her son. It affects everyone. So now the promise moves not only from the three of them in the moment or even the three of them in the foreseeable future. Now the promise that God is giving them is a promise that extends to everyone. In effect, this promise that God will send rain is a promise that the turmoil will end. Not only will it end, it will end for everyone. God will make sure that you and others will have what you need for today, tomorrow, and every day after. Elijah's request reveals the truth of God's provision. This mother is not called to give the last of her food to Elijah. She's called to give the first of her food to Elijah. In the prior assumption, she has no food left to give and is thus giving it all away. In the latter, she has an unlimited amount of promise from God and is only asked to give a portion of it up front. God's desire was to provide for his prophet Elijah and sustain him. The widow's desire was to provide for her son and sustain him. These are not contrasting provisions. These are complementary. God called this widow to faith and wanted her son to be provided for. So he sent her Elijah. God had big plans for Elijah, which is why he sent them to this mother. He wanted to provide for Elijah through her. Her faith that God could provide something through her obedience was the avenue by which both Elijah and this boy were sustained. God call, when God called Elijah to come to this location and promised that there would be a mother there who would provide, he knew that she would be obedient to him and live by faith. So where do we go from here? Well, there's three points that I think we can take away from this passage. The first is, God's desire is that you would be provided for. In fact, even before you realize it, God has provided you with everything you have or have ever needed. But it's usually when we find ourselves in times of desperation that we realize how little we actually need in life and how much God is willing to provide. Now, one of my favorite sports teams in the world is the Detroit Red Wings. And by the way, 
they were having a horrible season. But for whatever reason, I found myself watching them every time they were on. And, and they would lose, you know, like 4-0. to zero. It was a horrible blowout. But I, I was so addicted to watching them. And then the season got canceled because of, because of the state mandates that have been going on. And you know what I found out? I don't actually need them in my life. In these times of turmoil, in these times of difficulty, we're sometimes given an opportunity to assess what we actually need and what God is actually providing. And God wants to provide in our time of need. God wants to give us what we need, but sometimes we do need to assess if we have actual needs in our life or if some of those are wants and give that back to the Lord. It's in times of crisis that we have an opportunity to live by faith and trust in the Lord that he would provide. You may be in the opportunity here today. God will not allow the bowl of flour to, or the jar of oil to run dry. He has provided for you, and he wants to continue to provide for you. Second, it takes an act of faith, like this mother had to receive those blessings from God, understanding that God wants to bless you. Even when he asks you for something, it is important to understand that God isn't asking you to sacrifice out of your inventory. He's asking you to give to him what he's already given to you out of his inventory. The act of faith is understanding where your provision comes from and acknowledging it and being obedient to his commands. Finally, your act of faith, trusting in God's provision, may just be the avenue by which God wants to provide for someone else. This mother loved her son and wanted to provide for him, but was challenged in the act of faith to provide for someone that God sent her. In doing so, not only was her son provided for, but so was she, and so was this prophet. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have sustained us every day of our life. We thank you that you have watched over us and have given us provision in our times of need. We pray, God, that as we leave, you would continue to grow our faith and trust in you, that you are the provider. You are the one that sends rain. You are the one that makes sure the flour and oil does not run dry in our life. We ask, God, that as we go out into the world, you would go before us and use us to show others how loving and merciful you are. In the name of your Son, Jesus, amen. If you would, receive this benediction. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.